What do you call a group of baby garbage bins? A litter. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Starting Sustainability, episode 82. I am your host, Kaylin Chenoweth. Today's episode is sponsored by Real Paper. Did you know 2.4 billion people are forced to defecate outside, meaning lost dignity, exposure to deadly pathogens, increased risk of contaminated water, and loss of life? Every roll purchased helps fund access to clean toilets for those in need. Since you are lucky enough to use a toilet, choose Real Toilet Paper to help support those who can't. Real Paper products are made from 100% bamboo, meaning they are tree-free. Real is available for home delivery, which means it's conveniently dropped off right at your doorstep. You choose how often you want it delivered, and it will come in an eco-friendly plastic-free box that, you guessed it, is recyclable. In fact, the entire package is plastic-free, including the tape. Even better yet, shipping is free! Use my coupon code GREEN, G-R-E-E-N, to receive 25% off your first subscription order at realpaper.com. As you can tell, I am still under the weather because for two weeks I've had draining sinuses irritating my throat, causing me to cough and all of that jazz. And this past weekend was Memorial Day weekend. And for one whole day, I was completely back to normal and had respite. And then the weather dropped down to the 40s again. Oh, it's literally almost June. Well, actually, today is June 1st. It's freaking June. It's summertime. Why is it still so cold? But anyways, every single time that the weather goes really hot to really cold or vice versa, my body cannot figure out what the heck is going on. And so now today I am back to a whole lot of coughing and sneezing and an itchy, scratchy throat. So for the third episode in a row, you get to hear my alternative sexy froggy voice. <laughs> I did mention already that it was Memorial Day weekend, and at the same time, my husband and I celebrated our four-year wedding anniversary, which doesn't sound all that significant because it's only been four years, but we have been together nine years in total. It'll actually be our 10-year dateiversary in November. I'm looking very forward to that. And to celebrate, we were supposed to go kayaking, but as I mentioned, the weather decided to not cooperate, so instead we went for a bike ride and a hike. There was a lot going on this weekend in terms of sustainability, so I have a handful of stories to share with you. The first one is that the whole family, we all went to my sister Dawn's house, and we just got in there, we're getting settled in, and my toddler's like, hey, hey, I gotta go potty, so she takes him into the bathroom, and I overhear her telling him, you go pee pee in the toilet, and this toilet will pee pee back. This toilet will pee back. And I was like, what in the world is she talking about? And I'm too busy with the little one changing his diaper, so I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> And then later on, I was like, oh, okay, now it's mommy's turn to go to the bathroom because it was like an hour and a half car drive. <laughs> and I go in there and my older son follows me in there and, and I was like, oh, I get now what Aunt Dawn was talking to you about. She got a bidet and attached like a little attachment onto her toilet, like the automatic one with the little dials and everything. It's got the normal wash, the women's wash. It's got the cold and the hot temperature and there's a dial there for off and then on at different levels. And so I asked my son to show me how it worked because she had just taught him. So I wanted to see if he learned. And he looks right at me and puts on a really big grin and he grabs the dial and cranks it up. 
and the water shoots across the bathroom and hits the wall and splashes everywhere. And it's still going. It's just a stream. It's like a jet stream flying. I was like, okay, okay, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. And now I got to go get a whole bunch of towels to clean this up. But it was really quite hysterical. And he was very proud of himself for learning to work the bidet. So after we cleaned up the mess, I kicked everybody out of the bathroom and then I did my business and then I got to test out the bidet. This is my first time using an actual bidet with dials and stuff. Personally, I have the bottle, like a squeeze bottle that I use. And then we have a bidet sprayer attachment that's meant to spray out your diapers that can be used, but it's very forceful. So I was very excited to test this one out. So I sit down and do my business. And then I studied the different dial options and did the first, the cold to hot, turn that one all the way. Well, I turned that one to warm, like mid lukewarm because the very, very hot end actually had a caution sign. I was like, okay, I don't want to be scalding myself down there. So I just put it to like warm. And then the next one was where I want it. So I targeted normal and then I turned on the pressure nice and low. <laughs> and even on the low setting, it was like I could hear it running, but I wasn't feeling it yet. So I had to crank it up to number two and I could still hear it, but I wasn't feeling it yet. It wasn't quite reaching me. So then I had number three and I was like, Pew! right up the bum hole. And I was like, okay, it's extremely targeted. <laughs> it's very, very cold too. Ice cold. So I turned it off. I said, okay. So then I changed it to the women's wash. So it changed the target where the water would hit. And again, low, like number one level, number two level, still not getting it. Number three, and it hit me right in my lady area and my legs were not completely like squeezed together so it hit my lady area and it shot up through my legs and <laughs> and made a gigantic mess all over the place it didn't quite reach the wall but it still made a big mess like all over my thighs and everywhere I was like oh my goodness so I had to uh, turn that off as well and it still wasn't warm it was still very ice cold <laughs> Then I had to use a significantly more amount of toilet paper than I normally would because now I had to pat myself dry. <laughs> so afterwards, I asked my sister Dawn about it and told her of my experience. She goes, yeah, yeah, it's very targeted, a bit high in pressure. And she's like, the only way to get it actually warm is to let it run. You have to let it run like a good five minutes. So you turn it on low pressure and hear it going and let it run for a while before the warm water finally comes through. <laughs> so uh, I've been talking about how great wonderful bidet sprayers are. And I'm like, well, they're uh, a very different experience. They don't really save on water if you have to let it run for a while in order for it to get warm. So I guess you just get used to it being cold and you're not really saving on toilet paper. In fact, I found you use more to dry off the gigantic mess that it makes, but I'm sure this was my first time operator error, so I'm pretty positive that with further use and practice, you'd get more skilled at it, but I definitely confirmed my suspicions of I don't want to get the toilet one with the dials and levers because my son will have way too much fun with that. So I'm going to wait till my kids get older before I get that. And I will continue doing the bottle squeeze method and just using, which is much more controlled, lower pressure system. And I can just pat myself dry with my washcloths and use minimal toilet paper if needed. <laughs> well, I do have other sustainable stories from this weekend, but I don't know if any of them are going to top the bidet story that I just shared with everybody, but I'll at least fill you in. Here's the quick rundown. <clears throat> 
My husband did, again, mow and weed whack the yard because it needed it and because we need to do that at least once a week here in Indiana, which is great and wonderful. The problem is he took out two more loofah plants. So I started with four and now there's only one and I am learning I very quickly need to get a cage or something to go around it. It's a vine. It's supposed to just be climbing up the fence, but when he goes along the fence line to weed whack, he just keeps getting my loofahs. <laughs> so I need to get a way to protect that real fast before the next weekend. And since it was Memorial Day weekend, a nice three-day weekend, I took the time to go through a whole bunch of my stuff, which I'd been doing because I had this plan. I wanted to have a free garage sale. So I'll, for the last couple of weeks, I've been going through the house and finding stuff that we don't want, we don't need, we don't use, and putting it into tubs and boxes. And so then on Saturday morning, I set up two tables and put a sign free, all items free, except the tables. The tables were not for sale. <laughs> and just put all my stuff out there. And then I put it up in the neighborhood Facebook group. I put it on our county's Facebook group. There's a bunch of garage sale, free cycle, buy nothing groups. Put it up there. Free garage sale. It took two whole days but I got rid of seven boxes worth of stuff and I'm so excited. <laughs> so to me, that was a really cool experience to be able to gift all of my items to those who wanted them and needed them. And at the same time, people would come, we were doing like yard work and stuff. So we were so excited. We didn't have to man it. That was also nice. I didn't have to sit there and man it. It was a lot less work. I didn't have to price anything. I didn't have to man it. I didn't have to make change. I just set it out there with the sign that said free. It was awesome. And people came up and like, so which part is free? I said, all of it except the tables. Like, really? I said, take it all. I don't want it. <laughs> and even then, that still sparked the conversation from a few people. Like, why are you doing this? Why didn't you just take it to Goodwill? I'm like, Goodwill is... The, it is good, but not everything gets sold at Goodwill. I think it was, I'm only like 90% confident on this. I think it was something along the lines of only 40% of the items that are donated to Goodwill actually make it on the shelf. What happens to the other 60%? I'm not sure, but this way I can make sure it gets into the hands of people who truly wanted and needed these items and will give them a home so those items can continue to be used instead of people having to go out and buy these items to use them you know, once and twice and stick them in a drawer like I did for multiple years. And the last thing I wanted to talk about was our neighbor across the street moved away this weekend, which was very sad. But on the bonus, I got his old garden beds. It's just the frames, but it's still like five feet by 10 feet. And there's two of them, which is great. I just wasn't prepared to get these free garden beds. So we dug them up because he had them trenched down in. To his backyard so we dug them up and carried them across the street and put them in our backyard but I wasn't prepared and ready to dig up all the grass and get the weed block laid out get all the gardens the soil in there the garden soil topsoil whatever you need in there plants I didn't I didn't have any of that stuff so right now I just have the two garden beds and eventually I'll get around to fixing up it's probably gonna have to wait until this next weekend hopefully but it's still really cool, and even though it is now officially June, it might be a little bit late to plant a garden, at least a summer garden. I think I can do a fall garden, but I'm still happy that I have garden beds. I'm one step closer to getting there and getting a garden because the one that I tried a while ago has totally backfired. <laughs> I don't remember if I shared that story or not. Well, go ahead and share it real quick, and you can just fast forward if I've already shared it. My mind is I'm tired. <laughs> I've had a lot of episodes. I tell a lot of stories. I don't remember what I've said at this point. But basically back in January, February, I planned out a garden. I planned out two. I planned out a sunny garden and a shaded garden. 
And so in March, I dug up all the grass, I got the seeds, I planted them out, and I was out there watering it every day. And guess what else happens in March and April? The tree that was nearby this garden got all of the leaves on it. So I had in my mind it would be partly shaded. Turns out the tree grew, it's bigger, the leaves are much more dense this year. And so it's basically a permanently shaded garden. Not any sun is getting to it. So the only thing I was able to grow was weeds, which really stinks. Because that was a lot of work and a lot of planning for it to totally just backfire in the end. And what about my sunny garden? Well, I never got around to digging up all the grass and actually planting that garden because it was so much work for the first one. I really didn't want to do it for the second one. (laughs) So I never got around to it. I just keep telling myself, I'm going to at some point. I'm going to at some point. And here it is June. Well, to be honest, I'm glad that I waited because we just kept having freezes all in April and May. So it really wouldn't have been a good idea because I would have lost all of my plants anyways. So we are all caught up now. That was a very fun Memorial Day weekend, jam-packed, lots and lots. But it's time to talk to you now about the topic of the day, which is the problem with landfills. I'm going to go through and debunk why a lot of things don't rot and decompose in the landfills. So here we go. The majority of this information came from Get Mary Johansson's class at the International Open Academy and from an article from High Country Conservation Center, and I'll have the link in the show notes, which will be available at www.startingsustainability.com backslash episode 82. Let's face it, sometimes we have to throw stuff away and ruin the zero par of the zero waste fantasy. What happens when we do throw stuff away? We put it out to the curb and it magically disappears? No, nothing actually goes away. It all goes somewhere, to the landfill usually. The whole world does this, and here's a crazy fact. Not every country has landfills. They will ship their garbage to other countries for them to deal with instead. I will tell you, some of the garbage is incinerated or burned, and the energy is harnessed from that process and used to make electricity to power homes. However, most of the waste is still sent to landfills. Many people, including my past self, thought if I throw away this banana peel or head of rotten lettuce, it'll break down in the landfill. Because they break down if they're thrown out in the woods or a field or your backyard compost, right? Well, in the wild, natural materials, also known as organic materials, do break down with sunshine, rain, oxygen, bugs, and bacteria. Let's cut to the big garbage truck that collects the curbside trash. The family waste is stored in black plastic bags. Sometimes they are other colors, but a majority of the trash bags are black. (laughs) And once collected in the truck, they are compacted, squishing them all to bits. And we tend to think the trash is spread out all over the landfill, but it's not. Space is a precious and very limited commodity at the landfill. So small areas called cells are open and filled one at a time. Many trucks will dump in a single space. So they just keep coming and just keep dumping. And the more space there is, the longer the landfill will last. So the cells are filled, compacted, filled, compacted again and again. And then the cell is covered in soil. All of the air is squished out, making it an anaerobic environment. The soil covers it, blocking out any sunlight. And there are so many layers of trash consisting of unnatural or synthetic material, like the plastic bags, Plastic items like water bottles, laundry jugs, milk cartons, etc. These items are impervious to rain. So take away the oxygen, rain, and sunlight, 
As a result, bugs and bacteria cannot live in that environment. There is nothing left in terms of degradation factors in the landfill environment. As a result, organic items take an extremely, extremely long time to break down. Most never really completely breaking down. And believe it or not, landfills are designed to be like this. That's right. They are not meant to be an ideal environment for organic material to break down. They are designed to bury trash. Scientists have done excavations on landfills and found 40-year-old newspapers that are still legible, a near-pristine head of lettuce that was 25 years old, and a pack of hot dogs 10 years old and ready for the grill. Ugh. I think I just found the fountain of youth. Just bury yourself in a landfill and you won't age. <laughs> I did mention that aerobic bacteria help break down organic material. In a landfill, there is not available oxygen. However, there are anaerobic microbes, meaning they can survive without oxygen, and these can decompose organic matter in the landfill. Unfortunately, they generate methane during this process. Yes, I did say nothing breaks down in a landfill, and that is still true. These anaerobic microbes are not enough to completely break anything down, only parts of it. So back to the methane. As we already know, methane is a greenhouse gas. And everyone makes a joke about cows farting and contributing to the methane in the atmosphere. Yes, same gas. <laughs> so why is methane bad? Well, it builds up in the atmosphere and traps in heat, more so than carbon dioxide does. All greenhouse gases do this, resulting in global warming. But methane isn't talked about as much as carbon dioxide because it doesn't last as long in the atmosphere as carbon dioxide does. However, it is being emitted more quickly than it can break down. And landfills are the third largest human-related source of methane emissions in the whole U.S. Landfills are used by everyone, us consumers, government, and big companies. We, you and I, can only control what we put in, but we can also be involved in the workplace and legislation to alter the bad habits of companies and government. Right now, for the purpose of this episode, I'm talking about we, you, me, us, as consumers, and both individually and as family units. So reconsider all of the paper towels, tissues, diapers, banana peels, yes, even the wooden toothbrush, and other compostable plant-based plastics that you buy, if these items go to a landfill, they will not break down. The compostable items you bought to be sustainable must go to a compost facility. The reason I'm telling you all of this is because it is a journey. If you have converted many of your household items to be compostable versions, that is truly wonderful. And I'm very, very proud of you. And you should be very proud of yourself. But do understand your journey has not ended. There's another step that you must take and that is to properly dispose of it and get those items to the right destination, which is a compost facility. To help reduce all of the items that we individuals and families are sending to the landfill, let's go back and review the five R's of zero wasters. Refuse, reduce, reuse, recycle, and rot. So refuse to buy items that won't break down. If you have to buy these items, then reduce the amount you purchase because they will ultimately end up in the trash. Reuse what you can as much as possible, even if they were designed to be thrown away. For example, old lunch meat containers or old spaghetti sauce jars. Prevent them from going into the trash bin. Find a way to reuse them. Recycle as much as you can. 
We have already talked about how the recycling systems are not perfect. Don't solely rely on recycling as a method of being sustainable. And if you have, that's okay. I did so for a long time too. But now we know, and now we're going to correct our actions. Also understand, not everything is recyclable. But those that can be recycled will be delayed from the landfill just a little bit longer. And the last one is rot. This is for composting. If you don't currently compost, let's get started. And if you can't or don't want to compost, that's okay too. I'm in that boat. I'm not a fan of the idea. Sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> so you can find someone who does. Find a neighbor, a community drop-off, or a curbside pickup if you're lucky enough to have that service in your area. Almost half of all of the food produced in the world is thrown away. Be mindful of rotating what needs to be eaten up first to the front of your fridge or cupboards, or you can create an eat me first drawer or basket in your fridge and utilize your leftovers. I'm a big fan of cook once and eat two or three times because I'm busy and on the run all the time. <laughs> so we pack leftovers for lunch the next day or place it in Tupperware and freeze it for a future quick meal. Now let's talk about big items that cannot have the five R's implemented in them. Now that it is summertime, many people are doing a lot of house projects. All of you fans of HGTV, sorry, <laughs> but it really doesn't make sense to tear down a perfectly working kitchen to put in a new style of kitchen. That is extremely wasteful. All of that is going to go straight to the landfill. Old electronic devices, sinks and refrigerators, tile, drawers, cabinets, these will all end up in the landfill because these items are extremely difficult or outright impossible to recycle. It really pained me to replace our old roof and old windows because we needed new ones because we had a lot of damage to the roof and our old windows were warped and they could not really be reused. So I asked the company who did the installs if they recycled the old material and they said no. <laughs> they did say that they could leave my old windows behind so I could recycle them myself. I agreed to that and unfortunately they did not hold up their end of the bargain and when I came home from work they had cleaned up their mess including the old windows so I was unable to recycle them. Do learn from my mistakes and whenever you have to do a renovation try to save what you can, upcycle what you can, recycle, repurpose, donate perfectly good items to organizations like Habitat for Humanity, whatever the case may be. I just wanted to point out to be very mindful when you're doing your house projects. To sum up, in order to prevent trash and waste, consume less and consume consciously. Ask yourself if the item is necessary or if there is an alternative way to do this. Do I really have to go and buy a brand new blank, insert whatever item it is that you're looking for? Or can I rent it, borrow one, make it myself, or substitute something I already have? Or, if there is an item that you must buy, can you find a more sustainable alternative? Maybe one made from different materials or that comes wrapped in less packaging. Now, I am aware there are so many other issues with landfills like toxins leaking through the soil at the bottom and getting into the waterways, but I think this episode was pretty heavy enough as is. <laughs> and so we can get into all those other issues at another time, but for now, Let's focus on not using the landfill as a compost bin because it really doesn't work that way. It is time for the weekly challenge. I'm going to draw a card here and tell you what your challenge is for next week. Hopefully everybody's been doing really well with all the previous weekly challenges. All right, so it says, 
Stick to a five-minute shower each day to save water. Hmm. Okay, like my husband can do that because he has very short hair. I have very long hair, so that is extremely difficult, but I'll do my best. Maybe it counts because I shower like every two to three days, so then I can take my five minutes and add them all up together. I have timed it, and my showers are about 10 to 15 minutes, depending on if I've had a stressful day or not. And if I'm shaving my legs, you got to tack on like an extra 10 minutes right there. (laughs) So I try to shave my legs by like just sitting down in the bathtub and turning the water on, wetting my legs, turning it off, shaving my legs and just turning it on to like rinse the razor. So I do conserve water as much as possible. Five minutes, mm, that's a bit of a stretch for me, but I will do my best. I will start timing myself and see if I can do even shorter than 10 minutes. And I challenge you to do the same as well. Thank you everybody again for tuning in. We are coming up on our two year anniversary pretty darn quick. I think that was July. So I've only got like four more episodes before I will start marking this as season three. That's pretty cool. Oh, and I forgot to mention, I just learned that June is environmental month. I didn't realize that. I thought April was. Anyways, we are doing a celebration for the whole year with these weekly challenges. So either way, I'm still ahead of the game. (laughs) So keep up with the weekly challenges. I hope everybody continues to have a wonderful rest of your week and continue to save the world one step at a time. And I will talk to everybody again next week. Have a great one. Bye.